Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. I'm Annie Warmke. You are indeed. And today we're going to talk about socially conscious investment or every dollar you spend is a vote. And we're pleased to be joined by Michelle Wilson. She's a financial planner um, and uh, with Athens Impact Socially Responsible Investments. Did I kind of sort of get that? She's actually the owner. Oh, well, okay. There you go. (laughs) I'm not only a planner, I'm the owner. So, Michelle, (laughs) welcome aboard. Thank you, Jay. All right, great. So, I think we're going to jump in and just kind of first off get what is, what is, what do you do? You know, what, what kind of stuff do you do? Well, um, so I do the same thing all other financial advisors do. I think not everybody realizes that because pretty much all I talk about is socially responsible investments. Um, but the one place that really deviates in what I do from other financial planners is I focus very much on my clients' values and we fill out a values questionnaire and I make sure that they're not investing in things that they wouldn't um, that they wouldn't believe in. So I mean, it would be crazy to think about an environmental activist putting money into fossil fuels and things that they are fighting against in their everyday life. Um, And so I help them not do that. I help them put uh, money in companies that they agree with. Um, And everybody has their own set of values. So we have questionnaires to figure out what those things are for people. So so in doing that, how can you determine the truth of a company versus uh, greenwashing kind of situation? You know, I, I looked at your webpage and I noticed you had a podcast on, on greenwashing, which I thought was great. Um, the Wall Street Journal actually just came out with an article on that yesterday and I put it on my Facebook page because it's something I feel like a lot of people are not aware of. Well, we, we regularly scoop Wall Street Journal. much more prevalent now than it used to be. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's much more prevalent now than it used to be because... Socially responsible investments is a uh, really quickly growing industry, so everybody wants to jump in and act like they're part of it. Um, so I um, have been studying this for for quite a while, and um, and I have a certification in it in it to help me, you know, figure out <laughs> the differences. But but a big thing is when I'm looking at an investment product that says it's socially responsible, I look at how do they decide that? What is the methodology? Um, and there's a lot of funds out there now. There didn't used to be, but now there's a lot that, that are screening for environmental issues, social issues, and governance issues. So um, environmental issues, that's kind of obvious. Social issues, as you know, like worker pay, um, women on boards, things like that. Um, and then the, the governance is how they run their company, how transparent they are, how much they pay their CEO compared to their workers. Um, whether or not shareholders can vote, things like that. Um, and even that, when, when, a comp- when a, uh, an investment says that it is screened for ESG, which is the, the short term for that, um, sometimes they'll choose the top 80% of companies, and sometimes they'll choose the top 50% of companies, and sometimes the top 10% of companies. So there's a wide uh, variation, even in things that say they have that general screening of ESG. Um, uh, with with my investment portfolios, that's the first step is ESG screening, and then we do um, screening on top of that based on specific values. Um, 
So I can talk a little bit more about that, but I mean, we can get real specific with the values, um, and, and I can get a little bit more into that as we, as we talk about it. But generally, ESG screening is like where I start. Um, well, I and you were talking about greenwashing. So uh, let me just real quickly, greenwashing. <laughs> One of the examples of, that I see, um, and I'm not saying that this company is greenwashing. I, I really have to be careful about mentioning specific companies. But what I will say is that Walmart often appears in ESG portfolios. Seriously? And the reason they appear in ESG portfolios, yes, yes, because they, they have some water commitments. Um, they move into um, areas that other companies wouldn't move into and hire people. So, um, so you have to be real, you know, ideally you want to be able to go in and, and pull companies out that you don't agree with <laughs> when you have them in your portfolio because even when you use ESG screening uh, and even if you use a pretty strict criteria, sometimes you'll end up with companies in there that you don't necessarily want in your portfolio. So I know that, years. That's years. kind of touching on greenwashing, but yeah. <laughs> Well, years ago when I was running women's funds, you know, we all, all of our investments were in socially responsible companies. And in those days, there were only a couple nice. of different companies that did what you called the screening. And, I, and it was like a template that was laid down. Um, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about how that works. So if you're working with you or someone else, um, what, what does screening mean? So screening, um, screening means you're looking at a set, of, a set of parameters and picking out the companies in each sector that are doing better than others in that same sector. So you're not going to compare um, a small company who maybe is, able, is not able to do as many things to a large company who can have more... Um, you know, like they can buy a wind farm. You, you can't compare those two, but you'll compare companies within sectors. Um, so like I said, you start with environmental, social, and governance. But, but when we talk about screening, you can say things like, I don't want to have any weapons in my portfolio. Or um, I, want to, um, I want to invest in companies that have good LGBT policies. Um, and we can get really in the weeds now, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about this because this is something I'm excited about, so <laughs> I can't help it. Um, we can get down to, you know, getting out of companies that divest in um, pipelines on indigenous lands. We can um, put, put money into companies that um, support animal welfare or companies that are good for your heart health. We can get really, really detailed. One of my favorite screens is... Um, investing in companies that have an ethical supply chain. So that means not only is the company making good decisions, but they're looking all the way down everybody that they're using as part of their supply chain and making sure that they are also making ethical decisions and meeting the same parameters that that company is setting for themselves. Having climate commitments, um, things like that, having commitments to diversity, all of those things factor in to screens. Um, and there are different kinds of screens. So I've talked about just a few of them, but there are negative screens and there are positive screens. And um, negative screens are things where you say, like, I don't want weapons in my portfolio. Um, I don't want fossil, free, uh, fossil fuels in my portfolio. And these are things where you're taking companies out. And then positive screens are where you're saying, you know, I want companies that have good policies to 
advanced women. So you add companies in um, to, to positive screens. Um, I want to cut. I want to invest in companies that have strong policies around supporting refugees and hiring them, and you add those companies into your portfolio. So I, I think a good blend of those two things is usually a good idea in building a good sustainable portfolio for most people. You don't just want to take companies out. You also want to add them in, that the ones in that are doing well. How do you see the risk taking? Because I know one of the things in financial planning is, is determining the amount of risk that uh, that a person's willing to take with their investment. And so how do you see that laying down over mm -hmm. a lot of these companies that are doing a good job of being more sustainable in their practices and treatments of people? Well, the good news is um, that sustainable investing actually makes that better. Um, there have been a lot of studies that have been done around sustainable investing, um, and they've compared sustainable investing to regular investing. And they have found that the risk-adjusted returns, um, the way the way that it's usually worded is, are at least as good as as what your regular portfolio is. And it's because um, companies that are that have general policies to, that are doing well that they are less likely to have lawsuits. They're less likely to have um, uh, They're less likely to have environmental disasters because they have safety protocols in place. They're less likely to have legal issues because they've already made the policies that are stricter than the laws. Um, so they are considered less risky when they have a really good ESG score. Um, so much so that that's one of the reasons that it's kind of taken off in the industry is because money managers that are traditional money managers are starting to look at ESG screening in their portfolios to reduce risk. So um, this is absolutely a way to reduce risk in portfolios. That said, um, I would say that most of the screening I've been talking about is much easier to do with stocks than it is with bonds. So um, you, people would still come in with the same risk tolerance that they have in any other investment portfolio, and you would split your portfolio up between stocks and bonds, and that part would stay the same. The stock portion is usually going to be able to have better screening than the bond portion. The bond portion is going to be a little bit more general. Um, so, so how does accumulation of wealth benefit human life? <laughs> that's, that's the deep question I've been thinking about a lot. I think I said some smart remark once when, when uh, I met you, we were at a fundraiser, and I said, I, mm -hmm. I don't really believe in this. And it's, it really is because I'm unsure about how it really benefits Human life. She's gonna she's gonna stick a dagger no, in, in your not. in your whole <laughs> world concept. No, no, here. no, I'm not. I'm asking not at all. I trust I trust that you. I've asked other people and then I stopped asking. But I feel like you, of all the people I know, would have a, a, a reasonable response to that question in some form or fashion. Yeah, as a tag on on that, I mean, one of the things I keep thinking about is most indigenous societies would look at mm -hmm. someone who has everything they need and still wants more as mentally ill. So, you know, this is, this mm -hmm. is what we aspire to. What, to be mentally ill? Well, apparently, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I wasn't going there, Michelle. I, I, I just was, uh, this is a question I think about. Well, let me, let, me, let me just say, this is not a new concept for me. Um, and it's not for any of my clients, I would say. Um, I have 
probably an inordinate amount of clients that come into my office and say things like, man, I'm trying to figure out like how much to save and how much to give away. And is it fair for me to save more than I give away? And how much, you know, how much should I give away? <laughs> it's, I get a lot of that. I get a lot of people who um, they're trying to decide how much to invest in a farm versus how much to invest for retirement. And then do they need retirement? Um, and first of all, I would say that, that the answer to that's different for every person. Um, if, if they're doing, if they want to go buy a sustainable farm because that's how they want to retire and that's how they want to live, well, then they really don't need a lot of money to accomplish the things they want to do, right? Um, but if, if their drive is out of fear that the economy is going to collapse and the government's going to collapse and they're scared, then which there's a lot of emotions around money. So um, I always try to like figure out like what's, what's the, the driver in this conversation. Then obviously we talk about the fear and maybe, maybe prepare for retirement and prepare for an apocalypse. Um, but, but yeah, for me, um, I would say the driver in doing this, and, and, and this is where I, I think it really comes down to, is because I feel like we can affect societal change with connecting social issues with money. Because I'm extremely cynical. Um, <laughs> I think that corporations um, have a huge impact on the government and policy and culture. And if we can connect value for companies and money, you know, to them, to social issues, and we say, okay, we're going to buy your stuff because you're doing these good things, then I believe we can we can affect societal change. So to me, that side of it is um, is important for why to do it socially responsibly. As far as just as far as investing, I think it's really important to do an analysis of how much do you actually need in retirement. There's no reason to just save to save. And I've had this conversation with many people. Um, like, what do you want to do? How much is it going to cost? And if that means you're saving to start a business or that means you want to be able to retire and spend time with your grandkids, whatever it is, save for that. I'm not suggesting people just try to save for no reason. I've seen people who are miserable and who don't even have the things they need now because they're trying to save everything, and that's not a way to live either. <laughs> but okay. I would say well, a lot Michelle? of my clients do balance saving and giving. Okay, Michelle, we're going to embrace your inner skeptic and, <laughs> and get into the uh, the entire uh, anti-government uh, no, mindset here. No, we're here not. Soon. No, we're but not. Anyway, great, but I'll great. interrupt you here to, to let everybody know that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. Reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. And today we're joined by Michelle Wilson. She is a financial planner and owner of Athens Impact Socially Responsible Investments. And we're talking about how to um, change the world. That's right. Through, through you know, every, every dollar you spend is a vote. Every dollar you invest is a vote. Yeah. So uh, let's let's vote with our money. And Michelle is telling us how to do that um, while dealing with a system that is at its heart corrupted by corporate influence. Yeah, and heartless. So, so but here, <laughs> see, that's exactly what you just said, Michelle. Right? And I'm, yeah. I'm not putting words <laughs> in your mouth at all here. So, so one of the things that I admire about you, Michelle, yeah. is that you have mm -hmm. you march your value system right out there, and it 
eliminates the the sort of BS that people have. You know, it's like, hey, if you don't support diversity, if you don't support LGBTQ or women or whatever, then I'm not your financial planner. You don't say that, but you say who you are up front. And I've always admired that. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your personal focus on these diverse groups and, and, and as the government calls them, underserved groups, and what your motivation is with, with them being, you know, a focus for your client base. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say most of my clients are actually um, environmental activists, which is wonderful, but that was not my motivation for getting into the industry. Um, I have been an LGBT rights advocate uh, most of my adult life, and um, just recently I helped start the first LGBT fellowship in Rotary International. Because, you know, I, I want to be in a place where I feel like I can make a difference and Rotary is an organization of over a million people and they did not have an LGBT group yet. Um, so I'm the current president and one of the founding members and I'm really excited about it because I was able to influence um, some national decisions and statements that Rotary made recently uh, that were a response to some discriminatory um, things that happened in another country. Um, so I feel like there's still room in, in so many areas to make a difference. We just have to find that spot. It, you know, after gay marriage became legal, it was so easy to just kind of back up and be like, oh, okay, we can, I have to find something else. But no, there's still pockets oh, where yeah, there's a lot sure. of work to be done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was real excited when I found this industry because it was a way to kind of bring together my inner activist and my experience in the financial sector um, and do something that I thought would make a difference. That's great and, and brave. So well done you. And I did see that you had done that with the Rotary and I think that's really brave. So uh, anyway, um, so I'm wondering <laughs> if I wanted to donate to a nonprofit group, should I take the, the posture of looking at how do they invest their money? Where do they bank? You know, Absolutely. do they take those values? So how would I go about that? Um, so first of all, um, that should be public. They should be able to say, hey, these are our investment policy statements. And there should be a statement in there about how they do their sustainable investing. And it should be more than a paragraph. It should be, you know, we have this system. We do have this layer of it and this layer of it. Maybe they have a, a committee that looks over it and helps design it. Um, I know as a recent member of the Unitarian Church in Marietta, the, the international organization there, they have a regular investment committee and a socially responsible committee that meets separately and then they get together to compare notes. So, you know, I feel like any good charity that you're going to be able to give money, that you're going to give money to should have some sort of a process that's pretty, um, pretty in-depth and it never ceases to amaze me that there are environmentally focused social um, nonprofits that invest in fossil fuels and don't do social screening. Um, so yeah. absolutely that's an important <laughs> question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I would even say banking is a little bit um, is a little bit interesting because there are arguments for why to use different banks and, and there are arguments for why to invest different ways too. But they should be able to have that conversation with you. 
So it, you shouldn't just say, okay, they do this, so I'm not going to I'm not going to um, use them. You should ask them for their reasoning, and they should have a good answer. And they should have, you know, like I said, a policy around it. Yeah, that's great. So what do you know about socially responsible? Uh, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I think it does apply on the periphery anyway, about socially responsible mm -hmm. companies we would shop with or tourism or vacation companies, car companies. You know, how do we, how can we find out about these companies um, before spending our money with them? Uh, without you know pestering you and not having you be our investor. So you're basically <laughs> saying that I don't want to buy stock in a, a car rental company, but I want to rent a car. Yeah. So how or do I, I want to buy a car, somebody? or or I want to? Right. I'm not going to shop at Walmart. I don't care what they do. Uh, I know they're <laughs> you don't doing. Don't care what their water policy no, is. No, or right? or the fact that they're putting solar panels up. Uh, <laughs> right. But but I do want to shop. You know, like, and I don't shop with Amazon. I, I absolutely don't. Now, I'm not going to speak for my husband, but for myself, I, I don't care. I'm going to, mm -hmm. like, search until I find what I need without doing that. But there are other companies, and so I'd like to know, you know, what their policies are, but I don't see how that's accessible most of the time. Yeah, and this is where you have to struggle with greenwashing because companies will say, you know, they'll have a sustainability page, it'll look really good, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing things well. Um, so, you know, for me, I just type it into this very expensive software that I have <laughs> that runs across all these different, these different measures, but there's a few things I found that people can use um, without that kind of software, but, but it's, it's issue specific, so it's a little bit tougher. Um, so the Human Rights Campaign has a Workplace Equality Shopping Guide. Um, PETA has a Cruelty-Free Shopping Guide. Uh, the Sierra Club has a Sustainable Purchases Guide. Um, there's also, um, and, I, and I looked some of these up because I was trying to have resources for people. Green America has a listing of green companies. My, my uh, Problem. My only problem with that one is I, the company has to apply to be apply to pay and be in the listing. Um, um, but still, if they're in the listing, you know yeah. they might be they might be green. Uh, B corporations, if they're in that listing, they absolutely are green yeah. because there's an extensive process to qualify as a B corporation, and they do audits. Yeah. So B corporations, in my experience, they're a little bit expensive compared to some other ones, but I, they, they're doing a lot of a lot of other work. So I, I would definitely shop B, Corp, B corporations if you can. Well, um, could, you, could you explain exactly what a B corporation is for folks? Sure. It's, it's you know, the, the best way to say it is it's like a certification process. So as a company, I would go on there and I would say, you know, this is how I... This, these are the purchases that I've made. These are my policies. This is how I make my decisions. This is what I do as a business. These are my recycling policies. Um, and then they, they have a, a, a scoring system. And most you know companies don't just get, get approved easily. There's not a lot of companies that are B corporations. I would say a lot of them are food companies. Um, but you can see if you go to the grocery store, sometimes there'll be a little B that's circled um, on, on the on the label and if you see that you should pick that product versus the one next to it so that's one nice thing is they just have a little a little symbol you can see um, 
And I, and I do have one more site. I don't know if that was a good enough answer for B Corporations, but you can look up B Corp and it, it, it has a listing online. Um, MS, uh, MSCI is a investment rating company and in an effort to be more transparent, they have taken some of their proprietary information that was very expensive and made it public. So if you Google MSCI company scores, um, you can type in any company um, any company um, ticker and they will they will give you the ESG rating of that company and they explain to you how they come up with the rating. Now it doesn't break it down to are they stronger environmental, are they stronger transparent, but you at least get a score and you can see you know are they a AAA company or are they a C company. Um, so if, if you just you know deciding where to work or some sort of important decision like that, you might want to go to the MSCI uh, corporate rating scale and see how the company rates. Yeah, that sounds like a great, a great tool. The one thing that I'm interested in is, um, and I, I tried getting this started in Marietta, and I think we'll maybe have some, some uh, movement, but I, I wanted Marietta to, um, to create a tourism uh, designation so so there would be a some kind of a mm -hmm. you know a list of things that tourism sites would need to comply with and then they would get a designation and I thought that could be a really great um, money generating uh, system for for somebody a, a nonprofit or a small business person um, yeah. so that those of us who really would like to know about not just tourism, but other businesses that are local, that there could be some kind of rating. So we could go to a website like MSCI and look up, uh, are they on there? And that's who we're going to shop with. That's who we're going to take our vacation with. That's who we're going to buy the car from. And I know there's some of that out there, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in Ohio. Yeah, I think that would be great to do locally because, I mean, the things I'm talking about basically list really large companies that yeah. are publicly traded. So to have some sort of a resource for that for small local companies I think would be amazing and you know it would be interesting if you had a, a, a customer rating um, aspect to it so you could not only see this is the rating that they received but this is what people say you know their experiences when they've been there. <laughs> yeah. That would Although be neat. Sometimes that can be kind of not accurate, but mostly I think people, especially around this issue, are going to want to do the right thing to support local business. Yeah. I wish I could get mm -hmm. somebody interested in doing it. Well, we'll call it the Green Yelp. Um, the Green Yelp. Green Yelp project. <laughs> there you so, go. All right. Well, I'm going to have to interrupt the conversation here. I, I want to thank you, Michelle, from uh, Michelle Wilson from Athens Impact Social Responsi Socially Responsible Investments for joining us. You've been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our always sustainable producer, Adam Rich, and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> She said, eat your vegetables, be nice to others, and clean up your own mess. Vote with your dollars. Vote with your dollars, yes. Okay, well, till next time. Bye-bye.
You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at BlueRockStation.com. Yeah.